Yo, what's good? Happy Thursday, y'all. Um, we trust and believe and hope that you have had a wonderful week since we've uh, seen each other the last time. It's kind of weird because y'all can see us, but we can't see y'all, but we know y'all be here. So. It is and we appreciate it. And we do appreciate it. It's another episode. In today's episode, I'm coining this, you know, each podcast got their own thing. I'm mm. going to coin this uh, skydiving episode, okay? So I have gone skydiving, okay? Yes, it was quite the experience. I was hella, hella terrified, but I watched Selena and she had bungee jumped <clears throat> in the movie and her whole life was clear. So I was like, wow, I think I should do that too. Selena, Selena, Selena. Selena's, Selena's, oh, Selena's gonna Selena, que tenia pares. Was that in the movie? It was in the movie. She's bungee that. jumped on that. Oh, oh bungee, bungee, okay. Anyway, I figured it's more or less the same. I'm gonna do it too. So anyway, this is a skydiving episode because um, we're getting ready to take a very giant leap, okay, off of the plane of our uh, regularly emotionally scheduled flight of I'm cool, I'm good, I'm chilling, I got this, we Gucci, whatever it is that you say where you be trying to deflect and tell people like it's not all that serious. Um, and we're jumping, this is a tandem jump, tandem jump, okay, we're linking, linking arms with you, okay, it's a tandem dive into uh, the wide open spaces of vulnerability. So I know all that sounds very frightening and very like, oh my God, I don't know if I'm ready. But you clicked on the video, so you clearly are here for it. Um, well, don't worry, we got you, I promise. It's gonna be relatively, I can't say painless, but it'll be it'll be cool, okay? We, we sort of specialize in this thing. Anyway, before we start, a couple questions, okay? Before we do the full jump, okay? Um, do you have trouble mm. sleeping? Do you mm -hmm. have you know, sort of nightmares, um, flashbacks, too many thoughts going on in your mental mind as you're trying to sleep at night, or are you able to get to sleep but then you wake up, okay? Mm -hmm. um, do you get scared? Do you scare easily? Like, it doesn't matter what it is. Are you just always kind of on edge about <gasps> something? Uh, do you get startled fast? Do you always feel on guard? Um, are you a pop-off king or queen? Do you just be getting angry out of nowhere sometimes and then, you know, oh, I know for sure. But I, but I know where mine comes tell, from. This is what I said. Tell the, the, truth. the rest of that question is, uh, you don't know where it comes from. I oh, can always true. pinpoint mine. So that is true. Uh, but I've, but that's work. Okay. Um, does it feel like it comes out of nowhere? You can't really pinpoint it. And then do you have a tendency to overindulge in things that maybe you should not have, whether that be food, work, people, liquor, drink, whatever, whatever, pick your thing. Okay. If you have social media, yes, Yes. To any of those questions, then I highly recommend that you grab your emotional parachute, number one. Okay. Link link hands. All right. We're going to jump in and dive together. And uh, stay tuned because this episode is definitely free. Hi, I'm Pam Williams, a mother. And I'm Jessica E. Williams, a daughter. And this is A Mother and a Daughter Truthful Chat, where we discuss our 35-year multi-layered relationship. We've been through so many ups and downs. Not only are we family, but we're business partners in the high-stress world of event planning and production for short films. We've also shared the same therapist for over 10 years. What some people call codependence, we call collaboration. So join us as we share stories from our lives, have candid conversations with other mother-daughter duos, and shed light on the roller coaster ride of being a woman while raising a woman. Welcome to Truthful Chats. 
Uh, if you're just not joining us, this is your first episode ever. Welcome. We are very, very happy to have, happy to have you um, here at uh, Truthful Chats. We are all about the ongoing practice of creating generational wellness. If you have no idea what that term means, you've never heard it before, just check the description box or some below. Um, there's always some information about that. And um, each month we have a theme, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, our truthful chats unpack that theme a little bit. So here we go. It is August, summer is still here. I'm kind of happy it's ridiculously hot outside. I don't go outside during the day. Um, but it's August and our theme is actually unpack. I know it felt like we said that word way too many times, but it was on purpose. And if you clicked on this video, you should know, uh, we're all about this episode. Uh, it's called Unpack Your Traumas and Your Triggers. But first, a toast. A toast. First of all, this is the Jesus Year episode. I don't know if it's in conflict to drink liquor and it's our 33rd bring up episode. the Lord, but it's our 33rd episode. So shout out to you our, turn the water into water. our Jesus episode. Uh, but it's also Pam's 38th wedding anniversary. Pam and Ellis. It's not just me. Well, they don't know him. So that's my daddy. What we talking about? But anyway, it's I, I said wedding. you because you're sitting here, but okay. it is Pam's 38th wedding anniversary. Clearly she's married to somebody. Okay. To my father, so and we're and to y'all. we're actually drinking a little champagne today to celebrate this. Mm. We drink well. I guess y'all don't need to know that. Usually, I have a mug. I have a mug as well, but we're doing this. Anywho, I told you guys this was a skydiving episode. Skydiving tandem jump. Okay, don't be scared. We're on this together. Um, but this is important to understand uh, your feelings and your history around said feelings and memories and things of that nature um, because it helps on the path to creating generational wellness. You can't create paths with debris and all the things in the way. So think of it as we're paving the way to build a better road, if you will. Absolutely, absolutely. And unpacking, which is our theme for the month, is particularly beneficial when it comes to talking about healing trauma, right? Um, we, because most triggers are related to some sort of Yeah, trauma. we're gonna get into triggers in a minute. <laughs> Excuse me. But when you unpack traumatic experiences, you gain insight into the impact that those experiences have had on your life and your overall well-being. Because sometimes those experiences have impacted your well-being in a negative way that's what we want to help you get away from. It's a process that may be painful, but when you can help release those trapped emotions, it leads to recovery and healing in your life, mm-hmm. which is what we're all about over here. So unresolved trauma can linger beneath the surface. You might not even really know it's there. That's the pop-off people. Sometimes the pop-off people don't know. Jessica's rare. She usually knows exactly I like to expend my energy on craziness unless I have to expend my energy on craziness. You do. So it can show up in unexpected ways. It can show up in your health. It can show up in hindering your personal growth. So what exactly is emotional trauma? And you hear a lot of talk about it, especially, you know, since the pandemic and all that. But let's Mm. just be clear and get a definition that works with us. So emotional trauma refers to an intense, distressing experience. 
something that happened intense and that was intense it was distressing it was overwhelming it overwhelms your ability to cope with situations it can stem from a variety of things Mm -hmm. um it can stem from childhood abuse Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or grown people abuse it can elderly abuse all of the things it can stem from abuse it can stem from physical or mental or verbal abuse. Um, It can stem from prolonged unfair treatment. Black people raise your hand, prolonged unfair treatment. Cause for emotional trauma. We all have that, right? The loss. Oh, sorry. For the audio audience, uh, we actually have slides today. So we had got away from the slides. We haven't done them in a while, but we decided to bring them back. So uh, if you're driving in your car or doing something where you can't take notes or whatever, just find the visual and then we got all the things. Yes. yes. We'll have, you'll have notes. Okay. Continue. The loss of a loved one. All right. Or any life altering event. Any traumatic life altering like, event. We just mentioned the pandemic and other things, you, you know, we've all had things in our lives that we were like, Ooh, that was a lot. It was a lot for me to bear. It was a lot for me to go through. And I think I was changed a little bit as a result of it. And sometimes you don't realize it right away. Like, you know, it's like when you get in a car accident or like have some form of injury, it doesn't hurt as bad in the moment as it's going to hurt after the fact. Yes, indeed. and I think that that is sort of along the lines of what we're talking about, and especially because emotions are not physical things that you can see, right? And so, you know, if you scrape up your knee, we all used to scrape our knees if we was outside, you know, skating or biking or running or whatever. You have an actual wound, right? Blood is really coming out of it. You get the thing you think emotions. Nine times out of ten, things happen, and you just be like, "Wow, that really sucked," but. Keep it pushing, right? So we've mentioned this a few times, um, but triggers usually stem from unresolved trauma. Unresolved trauma usually is dormant, right? Because it's one of those things of like, all right, fam, there's no physical scar. Like nobody's going to be like, wow, your dad said that to you. It really cut a huge gash over your heart. Now you're bleeding all over over everywhere. It's probably not going to be that. And so um, a lot of that stuff lies very dormant or very underneath the surface, or is not addressed, right? Because um, most of the time in the moments, you don't feel like it's that big of a deal, right? And it, But it does alter the type of person you are, um, how you shape your thoughts, your emotions, your behaviors, but it usually has like after the facts, <laughs> uh, effects. Case in point, I burned my hand last week. It was like this week, was it this week or last week? I think it was last week. But like, I'm starting to develop a callus on my hand. I hope it goes away because I like to have smooth skin. But that hurt immediately in the moment. Right. You know what I mean? Like it was like, ah, I have a scar of it now, but this is usually how you are emotionally, right? Something happens, there may be some sort of internal scar, but it ain't nothing where you will be like, somebody will have to stop you. You'll be like, oh my God, this happened. So um, when we talk about unresolved trauma, they usually come out of you know these few things, right? Um, emotional disturbances right this is this is usually if you are suffering through some sort of unresolved trauma emotional disturbances so you have frequent mood swings uh unexplained anger or chronic anxiety um so you know somebody could say something do something and all of a sudden you sort of fly off the handle a little mm-hmm. bit and everybody like that was weird but okay mm-hmm. you know what i mean um and if you pop off regularly anyway then 
it don't seem that weird, but it could very much be a deflection or a cover up for your trauma. Um, number two, avoidance behaviors, avoiding situations or people that remind Ooh. you of the traumatic event. Some that of y'all be me. Some of y'all that's also um y'all be dating the same type and it is triggering. <laughs> For, for you, because uh, you have unresolved drama, trauma, um, and so yeah, avoiding situations or people that remind you of the traumatic cities, events. places. I, you know, I'm getting personal. We've all but, done it. Songs, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes movies and films, sometimes people, places. Yes, Patchouli restaurants. Okay, I was getting number three. <laughs> intrusive thoughts. Patchouli oil would be one of them. <laughs> Um, it's an intrusive smell. Uh, recurring nightmares, we talked about that at the top a little bit, or intrusive memories of the traumatic event. Um, I can definitely say I've suffered that as of late because I've had very traumatic pet loss experiences. And so sometimes they just fall on me. I could be like, you know, we have my um, pet bird, my son's ashes there. So I still talk to him and our rabbit and you know our dog and all those people, but sometimes when I uh, people, well, they're my children, the animals, you know, um, keeping their memory alive. But sometimes I have like really traumatic race memories, or I'll be back in the moment where you know they transition. So those can be hard. Um, for negative self perception, so feelings of guilt, shame, or a persistent sense of danger. I think people who grow up in um, a lot of PTSD environments really have mm-hmm. this a lot too. Um, especially for people of color, if they grow up in urban areas, um, some of the things that you're exposed to that you really shouldn't be exposed to or have to deal with because of systemic racism, though some people don't believe in it, um, it could just give you a particular cloud or particular filter uh, around some things. Five, relationship challenges, um, difficulty forming and maintaining healthy relationships. We won't get into that one up too heavy because we don't want to step on toes. But uh, we've talked about that, right? So that is part of unresolved trauma. And we say this all the time to people. They don't be listening to us. But sometimes we'd be like, you, it really doesn't uh, behoove you or benefit you to jump from relationship to relationship without taking time to process the previous situation. Um, because you are more than likely setting yourself up for a relationship challenge. If you have not assessed what did not go right in the previous relationship. Um, and tell yourself the truth. I'm just going to And I'm not just, and now we're going to say it not just from the other party, but you yourself as well. There may be some things to look over um, that you may or may not have been able to do a little bit better. Um, but if you don't never take time to process that kind of thing, then you're just jumping into the next thing and then you're kind of piling. We talked about baggage and things, but you're also piling trauma on top of trauma or like living through the same patterns and cycles and ruts and then being like, I'm so confused. I'd be so confused. Shout out to Benzino. I'd be so confused. And we'd be like, well, you know, you might have some trauma. And a lot of times people don't want to realize that the common denominator is you. You've been in all those relationships. So somewhere, somehow there's a pattern that keeps reestablishing. We're not just talking about romantic relationships. We're talking about friendships. Mm-hmm. We're talking about work relationships. Okay. <laughs> you go to a job and nobody ever likes you at your job. Nobody ever likes you, or the supervisor is always picking on you, or 
this or something is always, whenever you find yourself saying something is always a certain way, nine times out of 10, um, yeah, there's there's some, some thread that's running through there. And we're not saying that to say like, you're a bad person or, you know, I, like we just talked about uh, with negative self perception, if you already are a person that struggles with guilt and shame, right? Um, hearing something like that would be like issue you know what i mean it's like a confirmation of like all the worst thoughts in your head as opposed to what we're saying is you may have some things that you have not resolved which is why you continue to experience. get the same results or experience yeah. the same thing that you're experiencing over and over again is because there's something you haven't you don't want to look resolve, at it. You don't want to talk about it you don't want to think about and it and there could be a whole bunch of reasons for that like yeah. it could be personal trauma you might not have nobody in your life to help you assess it we, you know, there's could be all sort of reasons. So I think saying that to say, like, we don't want you to hear that and be like starting to feel even more down on yourself or um, just have a whole bunch of negative thoughts and connotations associated with that. Because this is a tandem jump. We're jumping. And listen, we tandem jump around here all the time. All the time. That is kind of one of the things that helps us. That is helping us to get generationally well. well is the fact that we talk to each other, we share, we say, you doing this, did you realize it? You're doing this, did you realize it? And most of the time we can manage to have the conversation without being defensive. It might start off defensive, but then it'll <coughs> will its way back down. Um, and some of the things we're still working through. Always. All right, so y'all still there? You didn't jump off, you didn't go, oh Lord, no, I'm not. We're still free falling. We we're gonna get to the ground. So let's go a little bit deeper. Here are a few more signs of unresolved trauma that that, unre that unresolved trauma might be at the root yes. of your uh, anxiety or your other life challenges. Okay. There's a slide here for those of our you all who are listening. So, all right, let's get into it. All right. So you might have an inability to trust, right? If you've been abused or neglected, people have spoken to you crazy all your life and people that you thought were going to take care of you didn't or people that you expect to have certain expectations from and then they disappointed you you are going as humans to, are inclined to do let's just go yeah. ahead and say that we've done you have done it to somebody somebody has done it to you right but it provides an inordinate amount an inordinate amount of stress in your life when you can't trust people um, you just define an ordinate for the people who were that's like, a whole lot incredible word. incredible yeah. amount of stress you just looking over your shoulder all the time um what's that thing waiting for the other shoe to drop all the time I really struggle with that because you know something <laughs> this is going too good something's about something to, got to go wrong something has to go wrong so that's an inability to not only trust people but trust process trust work that you've been doing just an inability to trust an inability to trust that things could be good. All right. I'm working on it though. I'm going <laughs> All right. Intimacy trouble. This is an issue that directly relates to the one we just talked about, which is the inability to trust. If you can't trust anybody, then you're not going to be intimate with them. And again, not talking about romantic partners necessarily. We're talking about your way. family members. We're talking about your co-workers, not saying that you got to be intimate, intimate with your co-workers. That's all another show. Okay, sometimes you need the boundaries, honey. <clears throat> sometimes but you when you um, 
struggle with intimacy, you tend to withdraw from people. You tend to pull away because you don't want to be close. And so that affects all your relationships. Um, you need to be open. You need to be able to talk to people. And when you have intimacy problems, your communication is not great. Which we always say is key. You have emotional distance. You might have self-esteem, self-confidence problems, um, diminished self-confidence, feelings of isolation and loneliness. And all of that can ultimately affect your mental health and lead to depression. It's a slippery slope. Like you can't talk to people. You don't have friends. You don't feel good about yourself. You don't. All of that is going to lead you down a path that you probably don't want to go down. A trickle down effect. Trickle down. All right. Irrational fears. You worry about stuff ain't even happened yet. Might not happen. I was literally her like two days ago. Like she started talking about something and then she started going off. And I was like, girl, why are you worried about this? This could happen. That could happen. Oh, da, 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 da. Calm down on me. <clears throat> but girl, <clears throat> some champagne and clear. Don't nobody want to hear all that coughing. Mm -hmm. But when you've endured a trauma inducing event, you remember it. And you have a fight or flight and you um, your freeze response is stuck over there in a place to try to protect yourself. So everything feels like a risk to you or can feel like a threat. And you're in anxiety all the time. Like you have these anxiety levels because you're worrying about what could might maybe be up the road around the corner across the street in your mind. Yeah. In your mental mind. Um, yeah. Lack of motivation. Oh, my God. This is especially true if you've experienced neglect and abandonment. You ask yourself, why bother? Nothing is ever going to get any better. So why should I try this? Why should I go out with these friends? Somebody's going to wind up saying something to me and I'm going to pop off and then they're not going to like me anymore. Or why should I, you know, try this new job? At the last job, this is what happened. So I'm not going to even try anymore. So you start a, a business, whatever it is, you start to have a lack of motivation based on that trauma-producing event that happened, could happen years ago, but you still are somehow dealing with the irrational fear of it um, and it stops you from moving forward. And then this one, <clears throat> the hypersensitivity. Man, I'm going to give you all a personal example. It's going to make you laugh. But it's a little crazy. Your friends, family, nope. Your friends, family, co-workers, romantic partner might have the best intentions. Somebody can say something to you with the best intentions, but because you, you are hypersensitive, you take it the wrong way. Your brain feels attacked, even if it hasn't been attacked. And this can turn volatile and then you pop off and then the other person pops off and all the people in your life are walking around in eggshells because they never know if you're going to take a simple statement and blow it up. I know some of these words. I know some of these words. Personal example, the other week, my husband was cleaning the oven. We were expecting company. He decided to clean the oven. And I said, there's easy off cleaner out in the laundry room if you need it. Why that turned into, I know how to clean the oven this, that, and the other, blah, 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 blah. I said, I'm just telling you, there are two cans of oven cleaner outside. The great American black classic ATL. 
your takeoff was weak and you started to make Rashad look bad. I was trying to help you out. I was trying to help you. I was trying to help you. So a hypersensitive individual. Indeed. A simple statement like that can turn into something else. So I'm just trying to give you a concrete example. Yes. And I think we should, you know, delve deeper because he has a particular trigger about not being uh, seen as dumb. This is a childhood trigger right for him. So anytime that, which we know we've talked about, still unprocessed and unhealed. So usually whenever and? you start to get into that sort of territory with him, it turns into something else. Even if you didn't mean it like that, it was just, I'm trying to help you out. I ain't dumb. Like, bro, ain't nobody saying about all that. But I can't do the work for you, homie. Do you understand? So, And we all have our own personal hypersensitivity triggers. Like I told, if you watch last week, I think it was last week's episode, I talked about how my mom was not a person that wanted to talk about her feelings ever. So I would write her letters and you know, I would try to talk about it. She wouldn't answer. I would say, okay, I'm going to write her a letter. And then tomorrow we're going to get up and we're going to have this wonderful conversation and whatever. And I would get up and say, hey, did you see my letter? And she'd go, yep, and keep going. So I'm hypersensitive about if I feel like I'm trying to talk to you and you're ignoring me, you will see me turn into another kind of person. So Jack, Jack, she'll turn into <laughs> Jack, Jack. If you are not familiar, we talked about this on another episode. I gave her an uh, alter ego. If you are not familiar <clears throat> with uh, the movie that came out in the year of our Lord, I believe it was 2004. It took the, in, it took the industry by storm. Uh, male men had never responded to a children's movie with so much vigor, and it's amazing. It is The Incredibles. Jack Jack is the youngest child of the Incredibles family, and we might put it on they social media thought so that I don't, I don't know what that copyright infringement is. Oh, but yeah, you got yeah, the yeah. Disney Plus, you can go, it's the first one. And they thought Jack Jack didn't have no superpowers, and by the end, Jack Jack did have superpowers. And if you know the scene I'm talking about, that's who Pam turns into. What's Jack your Jack. hypersensitivity, your hypersensitive area since we're putting ego. everybody's business uh, I, on I too, blast. Don't, I too don't like to look stupid. Um, I, I could definitely say that. <clears throat> um, and I don't, I don't, I could totally admit that, but I think um, because I do struggle with rejection, so I feel like that's a place and a point where people can reject me because they feel like I don't know something. So I can't get really mad about it. I can also get very defensive if I feel like I've already explained something to you and then you want to keep coming at me about it. And then I completely parrot exactly what I feel like you want to hear. And then you, it's still not enough and you still want to continue to come at me with certain things. Then yes, there you go. very defensive and very uh, triggered. So that gives you a, an idea of family dynamic in her in our house sometimes. But you see, I can explain myself. Yeah, and I can explain myself. People don't want to feel stupid. People don't want to feel attacked. People don't want to feel not heard. So all we're saying that is if you realize these are areas of challenge in your family, in your household, start trying to figure out how you can make it better, right? Because. And sometimes that's enough. I mean, we'll talk about healing and resolving and what that looks like, like how to do it, but we can't really tell you a super detail because it's an individualized experience. Yeah. But sometimes part of the healing is just being able to explain it. Yep. And being able to admit it, admit it and explain it. Um, that's really, really important because um, 
when you can't talk about it, you're going to trigger somebody and you're not going to even know that you triggered them, right? You don't even know. Shout out to Rick. And we don't want to do that if at all possible. If we know that something triggers somebody, um, if you love You them, don't want to be rude. Some of y'all are rude, though, and petty. Shout out to Kiki Palmer. Uh, uh, <laughs> we're not going there today. All right. Hey, so let's talk about triggers a little bit. Uh, again, I feel like people have become more increasingly aware of this. Over the last few years, you hear people talking about their triggers a lot. We were watching a sermon earlier from- Shout out to my first lady, Sarah Jakes Roberts. Sarah Jakes Roberts, and she was Glory talking about triggers. triggers and all the things. Maybe the pandemic had a lot to do with it, mental health issues, I don't know. But people are starting to realize that I have a trigger. I might have multiple triggers, and you might be pulling all of them at the same time. Right. Yes. So triggers are related to um, actually Sarah had an interesting thing. She said people started really using it kind of after um, the Vietnam War, because there were so many veterans that were back. So it was about like triggers on a gun. Right. That was like the metaphor that like everybody understood. Um, But triggers are all about um, stimuli or situations that remind you of the traumatic experience. So soldiers are very easy. Right. If they have been in war, which I do not believe in. But we thank you for your service. But we thank you for your service. Okay, I have a lot of military friends as of late. But anyway, um, I won't get into my political views on that. Anyway, um, yeah, in terms of triggers, right? So with soldiers, it's very easy if they've been in combat. There are certain things that happen that will trigger them. You know what I mean? Into that particular memory of somebody getting shot or. Somebody's guts hanging out or whatever. You know what I mean? It just takes you to a thing. Um, People who are, you know, unfortunately victims of sexual assault, things of that. There's all kind of triggers for people about things. You can have happy triggers too. I know we keep talking about it in a negative context. Yeah. Patchouli oil. Um, (laughs) Anyway. uh, Or a certain song. You know, a certain song can be yes, a trigger for you. It could take you back to a really, really good time. You have great songs. Yeah. And you're like, ah, oh, man. And then, you know, all the good memories and stuff comes up. You just have to, like I said, be aware of the things that move you. So it usually has to do with, like you said, specific sights, sounds, smells, um, even certain people or environments. You just ride across for five. Shout out to Jill Scott. Shout out to Bishop. Uh, we often... Uh, use that song for various things in our lives. Anyways, um, and so when triggered, people usually experience like an intense emotional or physical reaction to something um, in a negative context. We'll go, if music, it's usually probably euphoric, right? Unless it's like a bad song for you. But concerts are like that for me. Love the experience. Maxwell has come to the bowl, by the I way. He's that. doing the full trilogy. So is Beyonce. The way my coin is adding up, I don't know. But the I math wanna, is not I want to be at all of them, and I believe my God can do it. Anyway. Um, so anyway, if it's a negative connotation, then maybe somebody's experiencing anxiety, panic attacks, flashbacks, um, good or bad, depending on what the situation is. Uh, and the problem with the trigger is that it usually doesn't align with your current circumstances. Like you literally are present. And I think that's the problem with it yeah. is why it's, this is really important attention. in a negative connotation, right? Because it <coughs> takes you out of being present in a moment that could be a good moment, really. Um, and it transports you into the reality of somewhere you've already been. 
right? So it triggers you. So it robs you of the ability to be present. It takes you out of your current mm -hmm. life experience. And if that happens enough and it's something negative, right? I think we could all kind of hopefully connect the dots as to why that would be bad. You know what I mean? It's like, if you're a mom who has certain triggers, right? And you're having an experience with your kid at that particular moment and you are triggered by something, then you're going to miss that, right? And everybody knows we can't get time back. So um, having that sort of happen to you can be... Or you can react it to your child in a way that causes them now to yeah, have a trigger, trigger and have a traumatic experience because yes. you're facing what you said or did on something Based that happened on. a long time ago. This kid don't know nothing about. He ain't got it. And know. now they have an un unhealed trauma and oh, wow. trigger now because of that. Which, again, nobody's passing judgment or passing blame. We're still holding hands and free-falling. Um, but you have unresolved trauma, right? And that's kind of the idea of creating generational wellness. If you don't know, if you don't know you, then that's going to have a trickle-down effect, right? Exactly. Um, and sometimes, like we said, the emotions could get a little ballistic, okay? And get a little wild. Um, and irrational and chaotic. Sometimes violent. Um, especially if there's a you know, clinical diagnosis along with that in terms of mental health and things Hello. like that. Um, you know, some people that have gone through that. So, you know, it's a lot of things. Anyway, our friends over at BetterHelp uh, gave us a list of things to say about what triggers look like. So if you like, you might, I'm sure you've heard the word triggered, like as Pastor Sarah was saying, the zeitgeist for our time is mental and emotional wellness. Okay. Um, Oh, sorry, that's behind us. I was like, what is that string? Uh, sorry, I got distracted. Car, um, mental and emotional wellness is sort of the zeitgeist of our time, right? It's a thing. So these might be triggered as a word you've heard, but you're like, what does that mean? So here go some examples. Um, feeling, no. Okay. Feeling scared, panicked, anxious, or unsafe, right? So that's usually an emotional, possibly physical response. Um, elevated heartbeat sweating and difficulty breathing um so you know we've we're watching uh swagger right now shout out to them shout out to michelle shay shout out to the bythe woods um but they have a particular set of episodes uh with quivin janae wallace who we ain't seen in a long time she's big now it's weird especially if you watch uh, beasts of the Southern wild anyway but in that particular show her character they do a great job showing triggers um she i won't spoil it yeah there's a situation with her coach that is not favorable. And she has a lot of these things, actually triggers of things that happen because she has unprocessed and uh, unspoken trauma around um, her particular player coach relationship. If you're reading between the lines, you probably get what I'm putting down. So you see her really go through a lot of these sort of heartbeats. They do a really great job <coughs> of like Showing, moving the yeah. camera, like tilting it, like having Dutch angles and like all this kind of stuff, like putting you aside the emotion of what that feels like. So check it out. Uh, feeling like you have no control over your emotions, um, that they do a great job of showing that of where like it's just so overwhelming or she'll super lash out. Um, Urge to run away, escape, or just avoid other people in general. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of like this naturally in my life. Like a lot of reading this, I was like, mm, well, I have a lot of these things. I will really be at a party, like not talking to nobody, not being mean, just you know, a little standoffish. Um, and not even standoffish. I just, I might not want to talk. You know, I might just. I am an avoidant. People don't know. I do. I do have an avoidant um, 
what is the relationship style? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do have an avoidant relationship style. Um, rumination or negativity, sort of as like automatic thoughts. We had a discussion about this earlier. My dad's really great at that. Um, which we've had to like sort of combat, right? This just automatic negative, to jump to the negative um, of rumination. Uh, inexplicable or unpredictable changes in mood, um, where you just really go from high to low, right? There are other things to do with that. ADHD, uh, all kind of clinical diagnoses of other things, which you also may have. But if you really just be going from hot to cold, real fast or something will happen and then you jump super hot, like we was at a 10 and now we out of 55, like, okay, ooh, something else going on. Um, anxiety or panic attacks. We really mean that like physically, literally like real attacks. Um, and those can be mild. Like, I don't want to be like, if it's super over the top extreme, that means you, you know, definitely have these triggers. I'm like, it could be mild for you and it's still a trigger. Um, this is not a race or a competition of <laughs> triggers. Uh, physical tension, clenching fist or jaw. Um, I really mm -hmm. figured out that I did that when I went to theater school because a lot of it is like trying to get you out of your, trying to free your body up from your own personal tension so that you can free your body up to do what you would do as your character. Um, and it wasn't until I got sub college that they were like, you know, you hold a lot of tension in your jaw. And I was like, oh, okay. So I'm like actively always doing this to try to like, I hold a lot of tension in my job. Um, also, they say that in your fist. So yeah. we all know people that be clenching their fists. Um, just be aware of that. Uh, flashbacks or stressful, flashbacks of stressful and traumatic events do a great job of showing that in Swagger too, uh, where a touch or something somebody said will send um, you into the crystal vortex. into a different spot, right? You spiraling. Um, Delayed outbursts Ugh. of anger or sadness, right? So again, this might be like something might happen in a moment. You might not address it right away. People tend to do this in a lot of things. A lot of uh, stuffing. Stu oh, yes. I was that. a very, very um, well put together stuffer until I had an emotional breakdown. And then I stopped doing that. Um, but yes, uh, delay. So people usually do this a, a lot in social settings. Um, abusers do this too. But like which is also a form of stuffing um, where like something will trigger them in the moment and then they like won't necessarily address it then, but then it'll be explosive later. Right. Like um, what was that making good in Lamaya lifetime movie? Oh, death, death saved my life death or whatever. Saved my life. Which I enjoyed. Shout out to them. <clears throat> you guys tell good stories. I'm not a lifetime person, but I always watch y'all uh, endeavors. Anyway, but it was a thing. Her husband was abusive. And so, you know, things would happen out in public, but then you wouldn't get addressed till you got home. So that's a like very extreme example, but people do this all the time. You know, so you could be at a birthday party and everything's good, but then something hits you. And then later afterwards, you'd be feeling all your type of feelings. So, and it causes resentment toward the person that did whatever the thing is. But if you don't talk about it, you're going to stack resentment, 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 stuff resentment, resentment. You stuff it all down, stuff it all down. But finally, it's like the bag is going to burst and or the it's bottle, going to go everywhere. Which is how my therapist explained it to me when you put it on. You know how we've all had soda <clears> bottles <throat> and we shook it up, right? And then if you shaking it up and don't let it settle down, then when you open it, it explodes. So that's sort of- And settling down is having a conversation. Yes, that's like, what it should be. Yeah, what it should yes. be. Not just- but. Oh, I'm not going to think about it right now, but settling down means you settle it. You settle the issue. You settle the trauma. 
you talk about what caused it. Yeah. Big facts. So then here's a couple just like uh, real life examples. <laughs> I think these also came from better help. But you might see this with people who have um, like lost loved ones around Christmas or right? Thanksgiving or, or Thanksgiving. any holiday, any, any real holiday. First, you know, the birthday after they transition or whatever the thing is. Um, they might like start off cool, but then all of a sudden they're like crazy sad or like super argumentative out of nowhere or um and this becomes a pattern right around you know every christmas or every birthday or every whatever mm -hmm. the thing is if it's unresolved and they're not really working towards it then you just kind of got to know like this person might turn into somebody else at this time of year um and even if they are in therapy or working through it or whatever just having patience with that person because yeah. they're working through it uh, we already talked about this with veterans but fourth of july is usually a hard time um, for them fireworks are great for us but very very traumatic for others um those bangs those loud sounds yeah <clears throat> the barking dogs <clears throat> it's fireworks are heck of traumatic for animals um who stay in the flight or fight response um so that can be very triggering people who are at work and may be being treated unfairly for various and sundry all kinds of reasons um that's just racism discrimination not always. whatever it's not always oh, but sometimes you got a crazy boss sometimes it can be racism it can be discrimination sexism it can be sexism it can be you just got a person <sighs> i had a boss one time that was on cocaine oh my god it was the 80s wasn't it? Or the early it was the 80s and i, I was really doing recreational coke like super heavy then. you it was just really but he's also being irrational because you don't know what's going exactly. on he was watching cocaine bear Y'all know what's going on when you hide. He's yeah. just doing all the things. It has. He would give us stuff to do. It would be getting done. But he his ain't gonna remember. Perception of it would be so off because of the cocaine or whatever. So all I'm saying is, that. you can have a situation on, at work that can trigger some traumatic experience. And you be at work a lot. Like people don't. I don't think school like really prepares you for that. Yeah. They are just trying to train you to be an employee most of the time. But you spend more time with them people at work sometimes than you do with your own family. So being aware of that Absolutely. is crucial and key. But saying all that to say, if you have a boss or someone who's over you who is not very kind, um, who has unresolved um, emotional trauma, so then you might be the person that come home comes home, and since you don't have control in that environment, you might be super controlling at home or very assertive, taken out on, super people. aggressive. There is also a storyline on Swagger about a young man who was experiencing physical violence at home because of his dad's super high stressful job job right yeah um so that happens uh and with triggers you know once it's easier to recognize them and the impact the impact that they're having on you um you can sort of identify them start to connect the dots right figure out where the trauma is coming from that is not just you and you're not just crazy and you know what i mean like this has a as we were talking about uh earlier so um, when you know where things are from or you've done the work to yeah. sort of unpack it, then, you know, you can start to move into a different direction. Um, and all the triggers, we mentioned some, but it, it really varies. I'm sure if you Google, like, emotional triggers, there'd be, like, thousands of answers because we're all individuals. So everything hits us different. But what's the same is they're all unexpected, okay? So you can go from yeah. being cool in one minute to being, um, you know, in a different place in time or have morphed into Jack Jack or said different person 
um, than who someone might normally know you to be because now you've been triggered and now your trauma is all over the place and you bleeding on people. It's messy. And, um, you know, we haven't unpacked it all the way. So um, it could be coworkers, kids, spouses, friends, um, changing routines, people looking at you crazy, talking to you crazy, which my friend just told me a story about that on the plane. And I was like, what? But dad just told me a story about it at the 99 cent store. People is out here going through things, crazy. especially after the panini, like their brains just went to the bing. Um, so just, you know, have compassion for the folks. So what is important, wherever the trauma or the trigger comes from, the important thing is you got to learn how to recognize it. You got to learn how recognize. to recognize that this is something that keeps happening over and over again. And there must be a reason for it. And <clears throat> you got to pay attention. I know I said a lot, but you got to pay attention to yourself. You got to pay attention to other people. But like pay sometimes attention. you say, just read the room. If you come in the room and- We should do an episode about reading the room. We are going to do an episode about reading the room. Uh, I don't know. And you just, different. you know, you're doing stuff and people are kind of backing up and taking Can a I few steps back from you. Or looking, looking around crazy, like, okay, well. Looking for somebody else to talk to or whatever. Pay attention. There are things going on there. There are nonverbal cues exactly. of communication. There we are going to do an episode about that. I think I feel it in my shondo. All right. So how can you pay attention to the triggers and and figure out what you should do about it? Number one. We have more slides, people, if you're listening. So you got to notice how you feel, right? Like, are you anxious? Are you overwhelmed? Are you having trouble calming yourself down? Do you feel like, I like to say, sometimes I have to talk myself off the ledge because my brain will start working and it will start triggering things and I will start thinking things that are not real. So that's when I call, let me talk myself off this ledge because I'm about to jump and there's nothing behind me and there's no reason for me to jump and nothing. But I have convinced myself that we are in a situation that I feel like I have to do something about. So um, if you're feeling that way and you don't know why, if it's justified, okay. But if you're just feeling that way and you don't know why out of nowhere, then you might be triggered and you should try and figure out what that is. Something is bothering you, low level, grade, just weighing on your mind. It's not really important. It's not a big issue. Your concern might, if it, your concern might be out of the ordinary. If it's not a big life thing, you, this thing that keeps nagging at you and nagging at you could be related to a trigger or some unresolved trauma. Okay. Um, you know, if you got a, if you have trauma about brushing your teeth, you know what I'm saying? Or if you have trauma about like which pajamas you're going to wear, so, you know, if it's just like normal stuff and you're anxious about it, something is bothering you. Something could be triggering you. You need to think about it. Listen to yourself. Number three, we've all had times when we can't stop venting about an issue. We keep talking about it, talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. But um, you think you put it out of your mind and you start talking about it again. If you can't stop rehashing an issue and you keep talking about it over and over, something is still going on. You might be still triggered and you haven't dealt with that situation, right? And then check your feelings. Check your feelings because triggers <clears throat> 
can be notoriously explosive. Explosive, explosive, explosive. Boom. Just like, okay, here we go. Data, new data. Uh, and after a while, that's where the term trigger comes from. Because you shoot and boom, it's out there and it's ugly, like I said, and it's messy. And if you find that you're having an outsized reaction in relation to what's really going on, um, you, there could be an underlying stressor there and you need to kind of check in and see if you can figure out what that is. Check in. Yep. Check in. Yeah, man. Um, so, yes, we have unpacked a lot of things, okay? And I know about this time you're like, well, I got all that. We out here, we free falling. All of that is me. We checked all the boxes. I checked all the boxes. I got all the things. What's good? Um, what do I do about it now? Okay. Which is why we're here. Um, and this is can be challenging stuff. It's very hard to navigate this stuff. Um, it's a process, especially if you're like an adult person just figuring these things out. You know what I mean? If you're a teenager, you know, we're not like belittling your life experience. But you know what I mean? Like it'll you'll have like less things to possibly hopefully, hopefully, hopefully possibly less things to uh, uncover. But if you, you know, this lady's age and you just starting to like figure some of this stuff out, you know, that's years of like stuff to unpack. So um, we always want to arm you with tools, give you things to think about um, to really get to the path of wellness uh, for yourself first. Okay. Cause we always do the surgery on ourselves before we start trying to do mm -hmm. surgery on the others. Um, and it's all about the path to wellness. So listen, we're going to sound like a broken record. Okay. Uh, a lot of these tools we've said before, uh, they're the they tools could be redundant, but they're the tools. If you go to work in the garden, you need a rake and a hoe and a shovel. Speaking of and which, a we still have no seeds. We're just going to start over. So if you were following us, we had tried to start a garden, but we're at global boiling. So some of this isn't our fault. Okay. Uh, we're at but the tools boiling. that you need to work in the garden are not are always the same. There's not, there's eight or 10 tools that you need if you're going to work in a garden. And there are eight or 10 tools that you need if you're going to work on your emotional and mental health and well-being. And let's go to those now. Okay. So, uh, number one, you want to educate yourself. Education. Educate yourself. Yourself. Uh, learn about your trauma, which is all the things we've been doing today, right? Hopefully, we're giving you some things to think about, journal about, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, learn about the trauma and the impact um, that it's had on you to have a better understanding of your experience, right? It's not enough to just say, yes, that happened to me. What impact did it have on me? Yeah. Right? Like yeah. what really unload that? A way that you can do that is professional therapy, okay? Um, or support groups. These are like, you know, specialized places where people be doing these things like for a living. Um, so you can go one-on-one -on -one solo, right? By seeking professional help from a counselor or a therapist, um, somebody who's experienced specifically in trauma healing, right? To guide you through this process. Some of y'all all into the Reiki and stuff. I think that counts. I don't know nothing about it, but, um, and then some of it is like, maybe you don't want to be in a one-on-one -on -one setting. Maybe you do better in groups, right? So mm -hmm. uh, support groups are great. Three, practice self-compassion. I feel like we say every single week, but you have to be patient and kind with yourself as you confront um, these emotions, these memories, um, maybe even some people in your life, right, um, who are still living, maybe even some who have passed on. Some, um, some truth. When you're, so, you it, know. When you're looking at truth sometimes, it really does require 
um, self-compassion. Yeah. And you got to, you know, not be hard on yourself, recognize what your stuff is and somebody else's stuff and keep those goals in mind. Um, Four, cultivate a supportive network. Uh, We talked about this on previous episodes, surrounding yourself, hopefully with your peers. They don't have to be your peers. Like, I don't know how you do what you do. Maybe you have older friends or super younger friends, but either way, people who are down for the cause in terms of understanding and empathetic people who can offer you some emotional support as you take the journey because you're definitely going to need it. Okay. Even if you just need some drinking buddies, you know what I'm saying? Like, after you be like, this session was really rough or some dance party buddies or whatever the thing is, just be responsible. That's all I ask. Uh, five, explore coping mechanisms, engage in activities. We talk about it all the time, journaling, meditation, creative expression uh, to help process your emotions. So, it's not enough to just verbal vomit the things. Like we said, you actually have to do something to like uh, work through the impact that it's had on you, right? Because these things have made you a particular person. It's a kind of person. They made you respond a particular sort of way. And you might have to re-examine that stuff. And it's very comfortable to be like, this me, this who I am, I ain't gotta change type of thing, right? Um, But if you are on a journey to healing, you might need to, explore some other coping mechanisms, not um, necessarily poo-pooing on the things that have gotten you to where you are too either, right? Those coping mechanisms helped you, but once you find out they're no longer serving you, you might want to change it up. Number six, (coughs) establish boundaries. Set very clear boundaries uh, with yourself um, and possibly with other people if things Mm -hmm. start coming up from the past. We talked about this all the time. Mm -hmm. It's why families don't be speaking to each other sometimes because things happen and people don't want to acknowledge it or whatever. And You know, you might need to be like, hey, homie, I I can't be around this person. I can't do this thing or I can't come to the family function. So set clear boundaries uh, to protect yourself from triggers and create a sense of safety. So maybe you can't go to the cookout, the function, the birthday party uh, set thing. And that's okay. You know what I mean? Um, because you are in your particular process. Sorry, things were happening. You're in your particular process and, you know, that's you. Hopefully, if your own family is not supporting you, you got that other support system. Yeah. Uh, seven, practice mindfulness. We talk about this all the time. Um, triggers literally mm. take you out of the moment of your life, right? It is a thief in that way. Mm. So the more that you can practice uh, staying mm. present in the moment, uh, focus on um, grounding techniques to manage overwhelming emotions. So you could be like, uh, what's what's um, Jane the Virgin? Uh, the narrator used to always be like, which brings us here now, right? To <laughs> this moment. Um, so even if your triggers and your trauma and your memories start to take you someplace else, you have tools and things to help bring you back to the present moment. So you get stuck there. And then eight. And I need to talk about that a little bit too. Grounding techniques. What that? I mean, not on this episode, oh, oh, but we may need to come back around to like, yeah, it's like, it's like having a tool, you know what I mean? You know what a hammer's for, you know what a wrench is for, you know what a thing is, you know what I mean? But you have to kind of like play around with the techniques to see the things that work for you so that you know if you are stuck in a trigger moment or stuck in a trauma moment or doing a thing, you sort of played in the mindfulness playground. So, you know, I need to really stop and meditate right here. I need to you know, yeah. take some breaths right here. I need to go on a walk or I need to put on this type of music yep. or, you know, mine is a go to the beach thing. Um, I like doing that. I have a Pandora or, station that's old hymns, like the hymns that I grew up with in church when I was little, but they're all instrumental. So I know when I'm having like, 
it's about to get bad. I need to put on that Pandora instrumental acoustic music to pray by worship. And it's just, and they really are old songs that I grew up singing when I was a little girl, learned in vacation Bible school. But they bring me back out of that crazy place. So you have and, to find yours. And then sometimes you just need other people, right? Like there are people I could call that I know could like get me out of funk. Not in a way that's distracting, but just like their presence is energy, right? Or life, mm -hmm. you know, like life giving and life affirming. So um, and then hey, healing is a process, man. Like we be telling y'all all the time, like. We're not trying to rush. This ain't no, like, they ain't giving out this medals is, for this. This you know is the 10-year process for us. Let me <laughs> like, just, like, I don't want to scare no. you, but we've been on this journey for 10 years, which is why we know that the work is the same. The tools are the same. There's there's, there's really no shortcuts. There's no shortcuts. There's really no shortcuts. It's really the thing. Um, and, and you have to realize that everybody's emotional healing and their process to get through their trauma is unique to each person because everybody doesn't necessarily always have the same set of trauma or they do have the same set of trauma, but it doesn't impact one person the way that does another. People have different social economic statuses, backgrounds, families, support systems, all the things that we named, right? Yeah. So um, unresolved emotional trauma can significantly impact your individual life choices your overall well-being, as you said, your ability to be present, your ability to connect, your ability to communicate, your ability to um, have the quality of life that you deserve. I think that's really what we always come down right. to at the end of the day is like, what you really low-key like? only get to do this thing once. I think you get to do it twice, but that's just me. Um, but this time around, you only really get to do it once. Um, and so, you know, the progress may be small. I take baby steps. I say it every week. Um, you might have setbacks. You might have times where you was doing real good and then you'd be doing real bad. Ooh. We love Queen Sugar. Um, shout out to Darla Bordelon. That was mm -hmm. a lot of her story, right? It was like Darla would be doing real good. And then sometimes she would just fall off the bandwagon and that's okay too. You, you can <laughs> learn a lot from watching these people on the television and the secondary, secondary reality, reality if, you're if you're paying attention. And people are telling great stories. So yeah. shut up. Um, but you know, you gotta take the you don't you gotta take the first steps, right? To acknowledge yep. that you have unresolved trauma, to acknowledge that you have triggers, um, to acknowledge that life is traumatic, okay? Everything ain't gone the way that Especially we now. wanted it to go. Life ain't no crystal stair. Uh we didn't land on Plymouth Rock, Plymouth Rock landed on us, you quote all the things. Um, but you know, if you don't acknowledge it, if you don't even start there, if you just again when we started today's episode, we said this is not for the people that's be getting off the regularly scheduled flight of I'm good, I'm cool, I'm chilling, everything great, I don't need nobody. I'm I-N-D-E-P-N-T, do you know what that means? Like, I'm good, like all of that, right? Like all that bravado and all the things that we do to be like, Too I'm much. straight, like I don't uh, right? All the social media posts and all that. So if you don't even really start, then you can't get to the journey of healing if you just so... Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I know that you, my man, my man, my man. But in this case, yes. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Yes. <laughs> right. And once you take that first step toward unpacking and recognizing your signs of your your unresolved trauma signs, and you learn them and you know what they are, then you'll begin to understand your triggers. And when you understand your triggers, you'll start seeing how you can adopt more healthy coping mechanisms. Because you know what a good example of that is. This is a physical example, but like people who struggle with migraines. Like you don't have to tell them when they're struggling with migraines. You or when I mean? a migraine is, is coming. coming. Like they they have done the work to identify like, oh, uh -uh. I have migraines. 
And them and their doctor have done a course of action like, oh, I know when a migraine is coming. Yeah. Like it's the same thing with me. I have a tendency, I have struggle with syncope and dehydration and things of that nature. So I can pass out. Fainting. I know what it feels like when it's coming on. I can't always do anything about it, but I know when it's going to happen. You know what I mean? So I think this is, think of it as like That's good. a physical, in a physical thing, right? We're, ask, we're asking you to emotionally consult with emotional physicians to figure out what your particular symptoms are very and good. when the things are coming on and what you can do to hopefully avoid something traumatic and crazy happening in your emotional body. Yes, indeed. That was very good. Thank you. Yeah, yeah good. Um, so you want to start to regain control over your life? Your life. Foster healthy relationships and continue we hope you've started. So now we want you to continue. We're 33 episodes in. We with the started. process of creating generational wellness. It is essential. All right. Essential. So we hope you have enjoyed today's episode. We know we've been before you uh, for quite some time. But I think it's important. Okay. I think we've earned the right to go a little bit longer than we have been. Um, I feel like we've given a lot of information that I hope is hope it's helpful. Helpful. Let us know. Um, August has been a rough. It's been a. It's not a rough month. It's just we've been unpacking a lot of things. A lot of things need to be unpacked. <laughs> and they for sure need to be unpacked before the holidays, okay? Because <laughs> some of y'all about to step into some of the things that we've been talking about for the better part of the year. And I want you to be armed. I want you to be well. I want you to be aware. I want you to be able to step into your family situations over the holidays and be like, we good over here. You Have a I mean? renewed sense of self-confidence. We want you to be the create generational agent in your family at the holiday parties this mm-hmm. year, okay? So um, we have more things to share. Uh, August two more weeks of is unpacking August. Two more weeks, um, as we do all the other things that we be doing in our lives. But this is important. We like doing this. Thank you for rocking us with 33 episodes. Um, but you're not going to be able to rock with us for 34 if you are not <laughs> subscribed on the YouTube channel. Follow us on the IG, uh, Facebook fan base. We are at Create Generational Wellness on all the platforms. If you're listening to us in the auditory universe, um, please rate, uh, subscribe, write a review, tell a friend to tell a friend. They doing good work over there. They helping me with my life. Um, think about things I didn't think about. Think about things I If you don't know, about. you don't know. If you don't know, you don't know. So um, thank y'all. And we will see you next week. I don't give you a lot of things to think about. But it wasn't so bad. We've officially landed. We did the skydive. We jumped out the plane. We have actually landed and nobody died. Okay? And that's what's the most important thing. All right? So uh, we'll see you next week. All right. Thank you, guys. Peace.